said, you motherfuckers is crazy. I said, I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. And now for our feature presentation. Huh? Trying, babe. I'm just trying, babe. I'm just trying, babe. I'm just trying to be legendary. Fuck fame. Fuck money. Fuck everything anyone can take from me. It ain't hard to make money. A young nigga, I'm just trying to be legendary. Love. Trying to be. Love. Uh. Love. Trying to be. Love. I'm just trying to be legendary. Fuck fame, fuck money, fuck everything anyone can take from me It ain't hard to make money, a young nigga I'm just trying to be, huh? Make back poetic genius All right, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Life As I See It, the podcast. I'm your host, Jers, a.k.a. Life As I See It. Episode 127, uh, we got Gert in the building. Uh, Rico Key and, and Bad Lungs might pull up on us a little bit later. But um, uh, before we get to our our guest, I do want to um, just make mention to anybody out there, if it's your first time listening or if you've been listening and ain't been doing what I've been saying, make sure that y'all hit that. Uh, subscribe button on Apple and on Spotify. Make sure that everybody's shopping for your candles and your smell goods at LuxCollectionLLC.com. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our visual content on Patreon at patreon.com backslash life as I see it podcast. And um, yeah, make sure that y'all check out our YouTube page and hit that like button, the subscribe button as well. Um, so today, um, today we have a very special guest, um, you know, in honor of women's month, of course, you know, we want to, you know, highlight women and, um, this person that, uh, we have the pleasure of, of joining us today. Um, I've known for a long time, um, from the same city, hailing from Patterson, New Jersey. Um, I'm gonna just kind of run off a, a few, a few accolades just in case, you know, Y'all out there may not be familiar, but um, of course, an all-state um, high school athlete in the sport of basketball, um, went to Rutgers University, three-time defensive player of the year, um, actually inducted into the Rutgers Hall of Fame, uh, class of 2020. Um, she's a WNBA champion. Um, she's an international champion. She's a musician. Um, She's a legend, man. Uh, without further ado, we have and welcome to the show, Miss Essence Carson. Man, man, what up, what up, what up? Thanks for having me tonight, man. Thanks for having me, man. It feels good to, to reconnect. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been you know a saying? minute, but, it, but you always you already know it, it. always feels good to connect with uh with with my people from home. You know, at the end of the day, that's where I started. Um, that's that's the place that built me and uh. It made me who I am today, you know, it gave me the character and and everything. So it always feels good to reconnect. No doubt. No doubt. Um, 
So just, you know, um, I want to kind of start just a little bit uh, from the beginning. So um, I mentioned, you know, a lot of accolades uh, via the sport of basketball. And, um, you know, I've always known you as a hooper. Um, I, I I knew you was nice from a long time ago. I knew I knew to stay in my lane a long time ago. She was busting your ass. <laughs> she was busting your ass since like the third grade. <laughs> <Could be you. laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's just been it's just been super dope. You know, of course, I, you know, I've always, you know, been a supporter and cheering from close and afar. Um, but it's been dope to, you know, just watch you as you've grown over the years as a person and in particular right now, just focusing on the sport of basketball. Um, I want to go back to when you first were in the process of choosing colleges, right? And um, I know that, you know, you had some of those powerhouse schools uh, back in the day, UConn being one of them. Um, I know Texas was good around that time too. Um, so what, what kind of made you choose Rutgers? Was it just being from New Jersey? Um, I know how, you know, they always guidance counselors and things of that nature want you to stay in state. Was it that, was it the pressure of that or what made you actually choose Rutgers? And honestly it had, it really didn't have anything to do with it being close to home because I'm the type of person that I always feel that no matter where I travel in the world, you know what I'm saying? Patterson is always going to be with me. Right. Um, that's just how I see it. And the reason why I, one, before I even get into why I chose Rutgers, the reason why I see it that way. It's because a lot of people from the city don't really have a lot of opportunity, right? So we stay confined within within those square miles, right? So if you have a chance to go outside and see the go outside those those square miles, right? Go outside that the, those city limits, um, and you get to broaden your horizon, you get to experience different things, then you can go back and and tell the to other people, right? Because if we all sitting in there, sitting in the same barrel, right? That's mm-hmm. the only thing we understand. But if if, if one of the Let's say one one of the, you know, they always say we have crab in the barrel syndrome. One of the crab get out and 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 is able to explore and and see the world. Um, you know, the knowledge that they could bring back, you know, and uh, they can inspire the next person to to want to do the same thing. So staying home wasn't always something that was on my mind. It's just something that happened. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really did keep me um home and uh and really influenced my decision to to go to Rutgers was more so because of Coach Stringer and the family um environment right it was really family oriented there you know she's a black coach you know I come you know, I, I'm from Patterson New Jersey and the inner city where when you look around the majority of everyone that, that I'm around is a person of color is black mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if you're not black then you're Hispanic Hispanic right right um, so um there was a level of comfort there but just to understand that there are people around me that uh, came from like situations, you know, but but they were able to push through and make it, quote unquote, out as well. Mm. Um, that showed me that one, they had the grit and the determination too. So that means like if I needed to go to war, needed to go to battle on the court, that means I could rely on them, right? When sometimes you, you deal with certain people, you don't really know how they're going to show up when adversity hit. You don't really know how, how they're going to show up when, you know, everything's on the line. But I knew that when I looked around me, that those that the that the young ladies that they did have there at that time, I knew that you know that was the group that I wanted to fight with, you know. Um, and at that time, they weren't um, a huge powerhouse. They did go to the Final Four like a few years back, but at that time they were like kind of like rebuilding and we kind of like trying to rebuild the program up. Um, and I I believed in what their vision was, 
you know, I, I really did. And the way Coach Stringer was, the way she spoke to my family, you know, with respect, you know, um, the way she she talked to me and, and the way she treated me as a person and not even a basketball player. Mm -hmm. See, the, the, the difference was everyone else spoke to me like I was a basketball player. Word. Yeah, I know I'm, yeah, I know I'm good at it. Right. Everyone else knows I'm good at it, but I'm right. a person first. So she treated me as a person first. She treated me like I was like someone in her family and she had only known me for 2.5 seconds. Mm. And um, I appreciated that. That means that I could trust her with with my four years, right? You, Yeah, you going in to play basketball, but at the same time, you don't know if you're going to become a professional basketball player, professional athlete when you go to school. Mm -hmm. You hope to, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to train, right. you're going to work your hardest to give yourself the best shot, but that doesn't mean it will happen. So if that doesn't happen, what is your plan B? You know, she really really, really instilled in all of her athletes that, you know, life is, you know, bigger than the game of basketball, you know? So if this doesn't work out for you, you're still going to be set up for success after that. And I appreciated that. That didn't mean I didn't believe in my basketball capabilities. You mm -hmm. know, that didn't mean that. It just meant that I saw someone that saw something else in me. Mm -hmm. And right. and even before then, when you're talking about going, whether I was going to Rosa Parks, took a chance to go there instead of going to one of the Catholic schools in another city like that were already known for winning, you mm -hmm. know, state championships. I looked at it the same way. I wanted mm -hmm. to bet on myself and I wanted to bet on my people. Mm -hmm. And every time, every decision that I make is like that. You wow. know, I'm, I, I end up doing that um, because, you know, sometimes it takes a lot for people to, to see, you know, um, I guess into the future, right? To, to kind of see past the current circumstances and to see what things would be like or envision what things would be like 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage to do that. But like I said, going to Rosa Parks, playing at Eastside High, uh, my grandparents, my mom, everyone, I had a good support system. Everyone that was around me um, was always very encouraging and supportive. So I knew that I was always going to make the right decision because the people around me wouldn't let me, wouldn't let me fail. You know, it wasn't like right. they was putting pressure on me. It, it just felt comfortable. They yeah. They believed mm -hmm. in me. And when mm -hmm. you guys know when y'all confident mm -hmm. and whatever it is you, you're doing, when you confident, it's like you the best at it. Word. I don't care yeah. what it is. It could be at playing 2K. If you confident and your homie come over <laughs> and, and he always talking all this mess, like, you don't care. Like I'm about to bust you up. Like yeah. you're confident, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and my support staff always did that. My support, my support circle always did that. You know, you, you saw witness to that, yeah. whether we, whether it was basketball, whether it was track meets, mm -hmm. and it didn't matter if it was my first time running. People yeah. was like, yeah, you could do it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, right? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I could do it. And that's how, and that's how, like I said, just going back to why, like, um, I was never afraid to necessarily leave home. It's because everyone around me always made me feel that no matter where I landed in this world, you're gonna be good. I was always gonna be able to stand up, mm -hmm. stand up on my own tent, no matter right. where, no matter where I landed. It didn't matter whether it was in Jersey, whether it's here in California, or mm -hmm. whether it was somewhere in the middle of Europe. I was gonna be able to stand because that was just how I was raised. That that was what was instilled in me. Were did they uh? Any, did you get any of the He Got Game uh, college tours? Look, they try to take me out the party for sure. They definitely did, right? But that wasn't me. That wasn't right. me. Like, like right. you know, coming out of high school, like, yeah, like, I love sports. I like to be a jokester. 
you know, I like to have fun like that, but like partying really wasn't my thing. Like mm-hmm. play some music, we can go play some instruments and we can go yeah. uh, get on a track. We can just do stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm good. But like going to all the parties at that age, I really wasn't, I, w- I wasn't with it at that age. Word. I would be locked honest. in. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was locked in. It was because just because I had, like I played three sports and then, you know, going to the performing arts school, you know, that demands your time, whether you playing in, the jazz band, whether it's concert band, whether it's piano recitals, my time was always um, allocated. For. Yeah, it's accounted for, right? So it's just like, all right, well, if I'm going to do all these things, how could I? I didn't have time to even think about going to a teen party. Yeah, right? I didn't, yeah. it didn't even yeah. cross my mind. My, yeah. Now, my friends went and they yeah. was mentioning it, but I never showed interest because I'd be so tired from going to seven Everything. o'clock piano class <laughs> and then having practice at night. Like yeah. I'll be dead tired. I didn't have any energy to be doing anything else. But I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, they offered. They, they, they offer you want to go out? You want to go out? No. Yeah, nah. I'm talking about big universities with like the, when you go to a university with like a big, yeah. huge, successful football team. Oh, it's it's over. It's they, they they party. <laughs> they they, yeah. they know how to party for sure. Yeah. yeah. But real quick, uh, what was the three sports you played? Just so. I played basketball. I ran track and I played volleyball. Got you. Yep, and uh, I mean, it it was a blessing to be able to compete at the highest level, and um, and all three of those. But uh, you know, my favorite, of course, is basketball. Right. Basketball is my favorite. I had fun running track. Now that was that we had some, we had some, we had some Word. good times. Word. Jersey tell you he was Word. he was nice too. He Word. he wasn't no slouch. <laughs> Get him in that pit, man. He was nice in that pit. Man. I don't know how he did it. I was more of a person that was just running. Uh, you know, he could take the field events. Like he was he was he had that unlocked. I'm gonna be honest with you. Word, word. Um, so really quick, right? Um, just. Speaking about Rutgers, you know, first of all, did y'all did did y'all win the um national championship? Nah, we lost that game. Sorry. The second half, we lost that in the Sorry. second half to Tennessee. <laughs> no, nah, but no, nah, but I, no, it's, it's all good. You say it gotta it gotta be. You know, what I'm saying it's, it's a winner and loser and all things. You feel me? All right. If you ain't first, you you last. All right? so it's, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I, I get it. Um, but we did. Uh, we did end up winning a Big East championship. We went to national championship game. Um, man, which it had been that was the second time, actually the third time Rutgers had went, but second time on the coach Stringer. Um, but just looking at the team we had, people didn't expect us to. We didn't have any upperclassmen. We had no. We didn't have any seniors. It was a really young team, um, but just a bunch of young women that believed in themselves and didn't care what the narrative was that everyone else tried to, you know, place on us. Mm-hmm. You know, we we wrote our own story, um, and man, that year felt good though. I mean, despite despite that loss, I um, remember, like, I, you know, I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, it's mainly because of you why I was watching, but I became a fan in that time. I became a fan actually of women's basketball because i'll be honest like i don't watch like that you know what i'm saying i don't watch i was watching you but the competition was up to par too you know what i'm saying like it wasn't it was a a, a lot of young women that was really doing their thing and you know i just remember that time being a special time for ruckers um for you know for jersey and people who you know really supported that entire movement um, but there was also something else that was looked at as as a distraction around that time. And um, just to to kind of give a timeline for people out there, um, 
the gentleman's name is um Don Imus. He he he's like a Rush Limbaugh type of you know shock jock you know sort of sort of guy and you know he made some disparaging comments um about you ladies um you know i'll just repeat it for those who didn't know he in the midst of his little monologue or whatever you want to call it he called all of the, the ladies on Rutgers basketball team nappy-headed hoes and this was a big headline this was big this is on cnn this was like big news um that was a really big deal and you were a part of that team um so if you don't mind speak to you know kind of that time and what that what was going on in the locker room how you felt how did the team feel you know what what was the energy around that time and the so the the energy right it, it's kind of hard to call it right because you're so you're coming down off of a high after coming from like the national championship game right where you look in the the arena you got about 20,000 people right screaming whether they whether they scream for you or against you doesn't yeah. really matter they're there to see you you know then you have you know the millions at home watching encouraging you you got everybody from from wherever your hometown is calling you telling you how proud of you they are um, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, they're just proud of you because you're doing something that, you know, they, that they didn't do, or, mm -hmm. you know, um, you're, you're setting a, you know, you're, a you're setting a standard. standard. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're setting a standard for those to come after you. Um, so all that feels good, right? All that feels great. You come home on a charter flight, uh, on a, on a runway, on a, you know, saying they, they greeting you with the fire trucks and they doing a, the uh the they with the water hoses and the plane is gliding underneath the water hoses. Oh, it's hard. like a big pep. Yeah, it's like a big pep rally. Yeah, yeah that's all right. So you feeling good, right? And then all yeah. of a sudden you pull up to the school, and then I guess whatever went down went down. You know, uh, on the radio or MSNBC mm -hmm. at that time. Um, and so then it gets back to you know the coaches and uh and the players. And it immediately brings you down off of that high because it's just like at first you think it's a joke, but then they're like, mm -hmm. no, it's serious. And you know, um, I know that one line is 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 at this point pretty pretty famous. But it, he, like you said, he had a whole excerpt where he was just going off. Yeah. You know, and he was it was pitting it was almost like pitting black people against each other, right? It was. So yeah, you know whether it was it you already know what exists um, within the black community when you talk about colorism. And that's what he was doing at that time, right? Talking about the jigaboos and the wannabes and everything. And it's just like, how did we become the butt of this quote unquote joke or mm -hmm. or this conversation? What does this have to do with basketball at all? Um, and it's just like, well, why us? Why us at this moment? It's because we're we're the darker skinned team. You know, so then now you start thinking about, oh, it's because we're black and we're dark skinned and we look and we're from the inner city. Mm -hmm. So then that doesn't make you feel good. You right, grow right. up, you grow up hearing these things already. To, yeah, yeah. And right? you got to shield then, it off and yeah. Yeah. And you think that when you're finally, you know, I guess moving in the right direction, mm -hmm. right? Getting education and, and, you know, doing what you're supposed to do on the basketball court and you're winning games that all that stuff disappears. No, at the end of the day, you're still a black woman. And that was a reminder. And, and it doesn't matter how old you are. It didn't, didn't matter that we weren't even 21. We weren't even adults yeah. yet. Kids, you know? still teenagers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were allowed to be punching bags. So it was very sobering at that time, you know, it was very sobering. But then, you know, it, it quickly moved itself from 
celebrating our success of the season to quickly going into defense mode, right? Where you got to do the press runs, you got to do all the interviews, you everyone's hounding you, people getting your phone number, you don't even know how they get your phone number, they pulling up to your grandparents' house, how you get our address, y'all don't even come to Patterson, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, to, and like you can't even go to class without them chasing you down. Cameras, they chasing you around the arena trying to get an interview. It was crazy. It was like pandemonium. Um, and I don't think that anyone that age should have to go through that, let alone anyone at any age right, should right, have right, their right. privacy invaded like that. Um, but that's what happened. And um, I mean, luckily enough, uh, we we had Coach Stringer and the coaching staff at that time that really cared about us as as humans and not just basketball players so you know just getting the team together and everyone's on the same page pretty much everyone everyone was on the same page um and we knew that whatever stance we were going to take we're going to have to take it together um and you know it we got through that situation together as a team like yeah i was a spokeswoman and yeah i had to do a lot of the interviews um but we still had the support of each and every player on that team and each and every uh, person on that staff. So, I mean, they tried to make it as easy as it could be. Of course, it's not when you're dealing with race, when, you, when you're being reminded of how you're less than a person, you know? And um, that's that part is never easy, but they try to make it as easy as possible by showing their support. And um, pretty much, you know, I mean, you can't really hold your hand through it, right? You just yeah. kind of try to fire, yeah. but you just yeah. go together shoulder to shoulder and locking arms and that's pretty much how we how we went through it that's dope girl i'm gonna let you jump in for a second but it's just it's dope to hear you speak about the team camaraderie and in particular coach stringer you know coach stringer um needless to say i'm, I'm sure you know made a a, a a huge impact on your life um from a young teen i'm sure even up until up until now and it's just um you've already done it but if you could kind of package up you know coach stringer um for people who may not have been familiar with her who she was as a woman or or is as a woman a coach you know just just who is vivian stringer man coach stringer i mean she's more than a coach right she 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 definitely is more than a coach she's more than a mentor she, I mean, I know she's a mom. I know she's a sister. I know, I, I know she's auntie. I know she's all of that. But like, sum it up, she's like everything, right? She she genuinely cares about the people she comes in contact with, right? Um, she she is a very authentic and genuine woman, and and someone that has had the success that she's had over time, right? You thinking back to to when there wasn't title nine for basketball when women didn't really have anything uh, on when you're talking about uh competing in in sports and having the same um same things as our male counterparts right same access to facilities um or anything like that she was around before then um but she was still fighting the fight right she 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 had a vision you know, yeah. she's a visionary. Yeah. Um, she definitely is. And she, uh, everything that, that she's achieved in life, to me, she definitely deserves that and, and more. Um, man, like the way she was able to get me to, like, uh, to commit to Rutgers, like no other coach was going to do that. Mm. She, she said, she I'm going to learn mile. how to play. This. Yeah, she went the extra mile. She's like, no, nah, I'm going to play this. 
I'm gonna play this uh this Moonlight Sonata Movement One. If I do it, you gotta come here. <laughs> That's I'm like, there's fire. no way. There's nah, no way this she Hall did of that. Fame coach. Yeah, she was like, I, I'm in my mind. I'm like, there's no way this Hall of Fame coach who got to be on the road recruiting top athletes around the country. There's no time, yeah. right? You know what it takes to to yeah. practice and yeah. to learn yeah. pieces, right? Yeah. Like, and she's older, you know, so it's gonna take a little more time. Nah. She 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 stood by her word and she did. That's she fire. she played she played the first movement of Moonlight Sonata and I in turn committed to Rutgers. There it is. I mean yeah. I already knew she, I already kind of had a feeling in my heart that I was gonna go there, but that that sealed the deal. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just like she made that commitment and, and that means I could trust you. Exactly. I could trust your word. People could say talk all day, right? You yeah, y'all probably know some people that talk all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. They never do it. Three months later, still ain't do it. <laughs> Two years later, still ain't do it. Yeah. You know, um, but she was a woman of her word, you know what I mean? And I I, I truly appreciated that, you know, because those are the morals that you know that that I've always stood on. That's mm-hmm. the that's how my family moves. You mm-hmm. give somebody your word. That's you know what I'm saying? That's, that's everything. everything. Yeah. That's everything. Mm-hmm. What up, bad lungs? I see you over there. <laughs> yo yo what up what up what up Essence? yeah he he always come through with the with the bass in the voice yo yo, yeah. yo. <laughs> turn them off turn them off <laughs> um gert you want uh jump in there uh i would ask um what one lesson would you say like if you could point to the most valuable lesson you got from coach what would you say it is Man, the most valuable lesson I got from that, Coach. She dropped st- so many gems. Right, the one that stands out that you tell people to this day, the one that maybe changed your life the most. She had a couple of those. Um, she was like, I mean, she always referenced like the game of life to the game of basketball. So she always talked about how the game of life is way bigger than the game of basketball. Um, so that always helped me keep my my mind open have an open you know uh my perspective you know the way I looked at life it didn't only solely revolve around basketball it revolved around the things I did in life and who I was as a person my character all right basketball is going to be what it is as long as I continue to put in the work right but what happens in the game of life right like you are you so committed to to this side that you forget who that you forget who you are as a person, how you move about this earth, how you uh, how you affect the next person. You know what I'm saying? Like you can never forget that. Um, so is that? And then I'm then another question she would ask is like, yo, do you want to be a lion or do you want to be a sheep? Mm. It was that simple. It was that yeah. simple. You can't be scared. You can't you you can't be afraid. If you want something, you got to go after it. So you're either gonna be a lion right who's who's the predator and you going after it nothing is nothing scares you well you're gonna be a sheep right you're gonna follow you you to pray you know what's what's happening who you choose to be mm-hmm. you know what i mean so those two things definitely um have really shaped my mind and how i'm how what my outlook is and and how i go after things and kind of like why i'm not really afraid to try different or new things you know it's, that's why I'm, I'm i always better myself were were and then just transition into those those different things right because you know all of us 
are about duality. That's just the human experience. You in particular, um, you know, you are a musician as well, as I mentioned in, in the intro. Um, you play several instruments. Um, I know you produce, you make music yourself. Um, kind of speak to, um, I guess, early days of your initial draw to music and then over the years, how you found a way to also chase that passion and cultivate that that uh that gift in your craft as far as music is concerned so speak to that a little bit yeah for sure i mean i started music when i was like nine that was my when i first picked up my first instrument which was piano um i wanted to play other instruments first but my grandmother really wasn't having it she she was always to play the drums you want to play yeah, the drums everybody yeah. want to play the drums i wanted to play the drums yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to play the drums and she it's was the best like, instrument nah. i mean i'm just saying i'm just no, saying she was like nah like no because you know she's too loud you know saying we from patterson, we from patterson but she was from the south she was like, no, drums are for boys. I'm like, oh, okay. what I want to play? Like, and it's out. You know, yeah. we're going to have you banging all around. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, okay, whatever. All right, yeah. let me choose something else. So now I try to choose the saxophone. She was like, no at first, but I eventually started playing the sax. That's um, funny. That's the next one to go from the drums to the sax. <laughs> <laughs> That's everybody. But, you know what I'm saying? We had the old little, we had the old little upright piano. It was all broke, but we had the little upright piano. And she used to go down there and uh, play. She only knew like three songs. Um, and then, so I just kind of take took a liking to it. Just hearing her play them same three songs over and over again. So then I started playing them same three songs. And then all of a sudden I was playing the piano, mm -hmm. having private lessons and then going to school, taking it in school, and then going to high school for it, whether we're doing band camps and whether we in bands and stuff like that. So I've been studying music since I've been nine, like legit studying music, mm -hmm. like music theory and all that since nine. Basketball came around like, I don't know, 11 or so. Um, so like I've always done music. I pretty much did music first. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, basketball just afforded different opportunities, right? Basketball afforded me opportunities to play AAU. When you play AAU, you get to travel around the country. Now, if I didn't play AAU, I would have just been in Patterson, just, mm -hmm. just there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, basketball has always afforded me different opportunities, and I just went with it, right? I just, I, I was going to the path of least resistance, you know? But at the same time, I was still, you know, honing my skills in, in music, and I never stopped. You know, mm -hmm. even when I went to Rutgers, I still was studying music. Um, so, yeah, I just always had a love for music um, and that wouldn't change no matter how many sports I decided to play. It wasn't going to go away. Uh, and then once I uh, got drafted, um, I know everyone at that point thought I would actually choose and that go one way or the other. No, I just kept it going. Why should I change anything? If it ain't yeah. broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so I just kept um, honing my skills and honing my skills and and kept pursuing it um and you know like it's something i've always been doing you know just as long mm -hmm. as i've been doing basketball i've been doing music it's just always been there yeah, yeah yeah it's always been there um and i knew but at that time it wasn't necessarily the most popular thing mm -hmm. you know in in the world of sports mm -hmm. you know like definitely when you're a musician, not yeah like and when you're a musician like your bandmates play sports like mm -hmm. they do other stuff Mm -hmm. But for some reason in the world of sports, when you it, it, it wasn't really accepted at that at that time. And if mm -hmm. you were doing both, it was like you were unfocused. You weren't focused enough on the sport. And not for nothing, not... and sorry to cut you off, but they still kind of try to do that still. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially, you know, players in the NBA um who want to do music on the side. 
they still talk about it on on your first takes or your your you know those shows like that. Oh, is he really focused on his craft? Um, I think even in football, I can't remember the team or the player. Um, but a young boy last year, I think he got drafted and he also was doing music and he was coming out with an album or something around the same time he was being drafted and people would say, you know how it is when you're getting drafted and every everything that they consider bad is a knock on you. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's I guess it's always going to be. I don't want to say taboo, but just frowned upon mainly probably because they can't do it and they can't seem to figure out. I can't, I can't do it. So how, how are you going to be able to do it? Like, that's exactly how I look at it. And it's, to me, it's always been that way. When people can't fathom having the capacity to do more than one thing, they, they try to take those feelings that they have, you know, about themselves and their capabilities or lack thereof. And then, you know, put that on you. Like that has nothing to do with me. (laughs) That's you. That's what you think of yourself. I'm blessed enough to to have the capacity, right? And I honestly grew up around people that were doing the same thing. Mm, So you can't tell me that we as humans can't do more than one thing, thing, you know? you know, when you in the inner city, you you figure you doing a lot of things. You got a lot of different hustles, right? And you, and you, you better you have to. Right? <laughs> you, you have to. You better. It's, it's how we survive, right? Yeah. right? That's yeah. how you survive. But then you you when you become a professional and you have these people that haven't experienced certain things, certain certain ways of life, certain walks of life, they don't understand how you know you have you know all these different skills and why you had to acquire these different skills and why you're not letting these skills go mm-hmm. they they were imperative in, for our survival mm-hmm. you know so i mean me being able to do both to me is like nothing normal. right yeah, yeah, you know yeah. when i talk to my friends from home it's normal to them mm-hmm. like you, it's, it's normal like you know what's you know? crazy I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you talk and you know they always tell you to have a plan b but then when you have a plan B and you exactly. good at it, they mad at you for having it. It's like, it's like it don't even make sense. Yeah, it don't even make sense. They tell you, oh, better have a plan B just in case you don't make it. But then when you keep the plan B and you still good at it, it's like, now nah, you got to get rid of the plan B. You made it. Mm-hmm. It don't make sense. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've always been one to always want to encourage people to do what they love. Whatever your passion is, do it. Because you're going to put your most effort into that. Mm-hmm. Right, and if yeah. it's several, and if it's multiple things, then that's all so right. Be it. Yeah. You, you, yeah. So be it. You mm-hmm. just gotta, you just gotta make sure you're committed to it. Now, I'm not sitting yeah. here and saying half-ass it, right? I'm not right, sitting here right. just saying like, oh yeah, you can do whatever you want and <laughs> don't give the effort. You right. still gotta give the effort, right? You still mm-hmm. have to treat it like it's the only thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, man, no, you're not gonna sit here and tell me that I can't, I can't do more than one thing. Why? Like, why are you limiting me? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. as long as I'm coming and I'm, um. Um, I'm here showing up to work and performing and in, and we're being and we're successful. There's there shouldn't be an issue. There shouldn't Word. be an issue at all at, at all. So like I said, man, music has always been around. It's not going anywhere. Uh I mean it has always been around for me. It's not going mm. anywhere. I mean, music has shaped my life, you know, mm. whether it's the old Motown soundtracks my grandparents used to play on the on the record player, or whether it's like the first time I heard a hip hop record. You know, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It shaped my life, and mm-hmm. I love it. Like without yeah. music, life would be pretty boring. trash. Trash. Yeah, life would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> life I'm would sorry. be trash. 
Um, and I'm and I'm gonna get because you mentioned Motown. I'm 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 gonna get to that in a minute. I want to jump back really quick to um going back to draft time, right? So um you get drafted, first round draft pick, right? So anytime anybody hears first round draft pick, that's the that's the, you can't get no better than that, right? And seventh overall, amazing feat. You go to the New York Liberty, which is right in the backyard. So you're still home, but you're playing in the Mecca, you're playing in you know, the, the, the best city to play basketball in. Um, talk to me about once you got drafted and, or let me ask you this, this, th let me ask you this way. During the process, did you have a certain idea of what you thought it would be or how you thought it would be? Did you do your own research as to, okay, this is, this is how WNBA players, like this is how much money they make, or this is, this is the life. Like, did you look into it like that? Or were you kind of taking it all as it came to you part one? And then once you actually were drafted, you're a rookie. Now you're kind of learning the ropes. How did anything, if anything change? Okay. I mean, shoot. The only research I really did at that time, cause it happened so fast. Honestly, it happened so fast because you because uh you think we went to the you know you had March Madness mm -hmm. it's in March and if you go all the way you plan until like that first week of April then the draft is right then in April, right? So we were a good team, so we were playing through, all throughout March and then okay, yeah. you blink your eyes a week later you're getting drafted, so it wasn't that much time in between. But um, what I can say, I mean, I did look up like. Okay, well, how much do you make if you get drafted at this point versus mm. if you get drafted at this point versus mm. if you don't get drafted at all and you be, you know, you sign as, as like a free agent type mm. of ordeal. Um, I mean, I looked into that. I mean, who not gonna look into the money? Check that bag, check that bag. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So um, but the rest of it, I didn't really look into too much, you know, um, ahead of time. You know, I took it like as it was coming. And when I say that, I mean, like, you know, whether it was like researching what agent to go with and stuff like that. I did do that, but it just wasn't ahead of time. You know, gotcha. I, I didn't yeah. have months to prepare for that. Mm. It was a very, very short window. Um, but within that short window, I tried to do my due diligence with, you know, with my research. Right. So mm. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I, I was researching since the beginning of my senior year. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah, that wasn't the thing. Um, especially on the on the woman's side, but uh, as I got closer, you know, to to the draft the, the draft day, um, I definitely did um, a lot more research. Um, me thinking about okay, well, how do WBA players move around? Like, how, like what's the culture like? I didn't really, um, I didn't really have too much of an idea, but I did have a couple of former teammates, you know, that I played with at Rutgers that were already in the league, so I could kind of just like watch them from afar to see mm -hmm. how. They would move and it just kind of helped that, you know, I went to Rutgers because Coach Stringer, she already, she had already sent a bunch of players to the league already. Mm -hmm. She already knew how to prepare us. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to really move any differently, honestly. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I've seen other situations where people have come from some programs and it's like they get drafted and they welcome to the league. It's like they like a deer, you know, yeah, in the like headlights. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, like, what is <laughs> going on? You yeah. know, so. I, I was lucky enough to to not have to go through that because um, I was definitely prepared very well, whether you're talking about on the basketball side of things or just how to carry yourself as a young woman, you know, out there because now you have no supervision. 
Mm. Like, yeah, you go to college, so you don't have your parents anymore, but you still, mm. if you're playing a sport, you still got your coaches, mm. you know what I'm saying, making mm. sure you in line and stuff like that. But then once you leave that, once you leave that campus, it's over. You, you, you an adult and you own, have yeah. to make a lot of decisions by yourself. You got to learn how to move. You got to learn how to navigate through a lot of things. And sometimes it could be scary, you know, sometimes it could be. But again, I was prepared real well just because I was, I chose the right school to go to. I chose the I chose the right coach to be under, um, and and at the same time I had a solid you know saying support circle. Mm. Honestly, my support circle is really solid. I right. mean, it, it, to me, it couldn't get any better. Dope, dope. Um, and then as you, you're just about to say something. Yeah, I, I got a question. Uh, who would you say like your arch nemesis was like coming up that uh just pushed you? to improve your game maybe from the AAU circuit all the way up if they went as far or somebody you just you know knew damn I got to bring my A game against this person all right I got you all right so in the state of Jersey it would have to be Mati Mati Ajivon um she went to Shabazz Uh um she was you know she was tough she was she was she was definitely tough a smaller guard but you know say she had the handles you know what I'm saying? It had the same type of grit. You know what I mean? So it's 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 always different when you play against somebody with grit, right? And determination. Because most of the times you take a person, a player from Patterson, you put them up against somebody else. A lot of times they're gonna win just from pure grit. Right. It don't it doesn't even matter if they're the most skilled person. Mm-hmm. We just don't give up. Like mm-hmm. we gonna be up in there. Like we, you know what I'm saying? We we wow. have that grit, right? Um, and so when I looked at Matt, you know, Matt had the skill and she had the the grit, you know. So, so you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, all right, it's somebody else up here in North Jersey that's that's you know what I'm saying, got some got some smoke. You know what I'm saying, for lack of a better word. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like, all right, I seen what she did last week. All right, that's what I'm doing this week. Even mm-hmm. then, you know, she's watching each other from afar. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, so that's why it was really important that like, when it was time to go to school, it was like, yo, yo, you wanna you wanna link up? You wanna do this together at Rutgers? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah. I, I know you tough. Yeah. And you know what yeah. I'm saying? And and it's like real recognized, real game, recognized game. Mm-hmm. And um she recognized that too. So we made the leap to go to Rutgers together. Um, you know, I always respect Matt. Um, she she definitely knows that. You know, she's one of the best in, in to do it in in, uh, in Jersey. Um, when I think about outside of Jersey, um, uh, it was a shorty from uh, California at the time. Her name was Charday Houston. Mm. She was a bucket. Mm, she yeah. she ended up going to UConn. She used to be a bucket in high school. I'm talking about she probably scored like three thousand points in high school. It was like, but she so I knew like if we ran up yeah. against her team. Yeah, it, it was, was time. Gonna be a night. Nah, it it's was, all. Nah, yeah, it's gonna be on, but it was all out of respect. Like, sure, it was all right. out of respect, and we had one of the best high school games, like AU games, that like you could watch. It was a uh, where were we? We were down. I think we were down in Georgia, down like Atlanta. Son, actually, like I think it was called Sony Georgia or something like that, and it was a tournament. Swan, okay, you know what I mean? I yeah, know yeah, Swan, yeah. Swanee, Georgia. Yeah. yeah, it was a tournament, and we had the last game of the night. I'm talking late. Every college coach you could think of was there mm. yeah. for that game. It didn't matter how late it was, and that game went overtime. It was the game was so crazy. That was one of the, I can honestly say that was like one of the best games I ever like played in as yeah. like a youth player. You know, just in it, and we ended up losing in overtime. They, you know, what I'm saying they were like a nationally ranked AAU team and everything, mm. and they wouldn't have been known on a circuit for years. 
and she had been known on the circuit for some time too. Um, but we came there, we stood our own, like we stood on our yeah. own 10. We held it down for Jersey. I'm telling you, like, they was like, who is this team? Not mm-hmm. even who is, who is that girl? Right, like, right, right. Where this team come from? Yeah. Oh, nah, like they from Patterson. From where? Where's that at? Mm-hmm. Jersey. Like, yeah, we in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl. Those two we in here. Yeah, yeah, girl. <laughs> 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 we're, we're, um, what's the, uh, I, got, I got a question. Go ahead, go ahead. When was the game, like, more fun or pure, so to speak? Because you mentioned a lot of levels, like AAU, high school, college, pros, summer league, whatever, whatever part, even if it was just playing in the uh, shooting, you know, sharpening your game up dully with the ball, you know what I mean? Walking to the court, something. Like, when was the game, like, just had its purest form for you? Probably at what level? Probably uh, East Side High. Like, mm. like... We, for, we won. You did like, it for Joe won. Clark, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Put the chains on the door. Put the chains on the door. They said, we don't Joe want Clark. a good principal. We want Mr. Clark. <laughs> 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 no, nah, but no. Nah, seriously, no. Nah, the reason why I say Eastside is just because, like, man, one, when I first got there, nobody really believed in us because, like, they hadn't been winning. Kennedy had right. been winning, right? Because Kennedy had Nicole Loudon. And if it wasn't Kennedy, it was Patterson Catholic at that time that also had been winning championships. And Eastside hadn't been, like, winning things, you know what I'm saying? So when I decided to go there, like, to play basketball there and not play for any other mm-hmm. school, they was like, wait, what? Why? I'm like, no, like, my daddy yeah. went to this school. Yeah. Like, my <laughs> grandparents went to this school. Yeah. Kinda, I kind of got to do this. <laughs> yeah. And my I'm mom, my, east side right, we from this my side. zip code say I got to go I, here. We from damn. this side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really from here. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, so, like, being able to go into, uh, you know what I'm saying, that program and, like, my teammates, to come together with my teammates, and we really work together and build it up ourselves right yeah. just on the, off of our own backs you know what I'm saying us and then our coaching staff that believed in us that's it like yeah. nobody else believed in us right until it was like it was way later junior senior year right, but we right. had already been winning at that Van, point it's right? bandwagon time now yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. and like to me it was fun because we literally were just having fun like that's it we were just we was pushing each other like we was just trying to be better like we didn't care about anybody else around us we was going in that gym like just having fun with one another it didn't matter what happened in school all day Mm -hmm. it don't matter if you had a bad day in school you come to the gym you was about to have fun Mm -hmm. i was gonna have jokes we was gonna play basketball you know what i'm saying it was it it just it was pure yeah it was just pure there was no business no politics involved because all that stuff is real it's even it happens at the uh, at the college level too right it happens at the collegiate level it doesn't only happen in the pros there's politics everywhere um but in that in those moments at east side we didn't ha- we didn't have to you know go through those politics we we really won together mm-hmm. and i appreciated that and just the way we treated each other you know what i'm saying like all we wanted to do was win that's that's yeah. all we cared about we wanted to get those jackets that's it 
That's what we just wanted to get the jacket. No, jacket. We didn't even care about Leather the sleeves. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even care about the banner and the. Gym. I'm a Kennedy man, so I used to I hate want, them jackets. I wanted it. Yeah, I had to have a jacket. Exactly. You saying so? It was all about getting a jacket. And as soon as you got a jacket, yo, you already you locked like, in. Walk around the city. You know what it is. Like, you locked yeah, in. You side, baby, flip the collar. It said, it said county champs on the collar. Like, yeah, yeah you already know what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what and we so wanted. Watching. It was so pure. So watching, so you was watching it in real time. You said y'all, y'all wasn't like a winning school. So when you got there, yeah, it was it all changed. the trend and you changed the whole morale of the school. So that was probably even more doper than, and then yeah. plus with the, the act yeah. like winning and Yo, that, yeah, that gotta be fire. It was showing us so much love. It was a special time. They were showing us so much love. It didn't matter whether, you know what I'm saying, you was playing the whole game or whether you was the last person on the bench. They were showing the whole team love like, yeah. Yo, like, yeah. oh, that's the lady ghost. Deal. Like, we was getting, we are fans. <laughs> we, are, we was getting fans for real. We was getting fans. And yeah. you know, like, they wasn't really going to girls' games back then. Right. Like, right. People wasn't really fact. on that. Mm-hmm. But then they started coming to our games and yeah. like it it got lit. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh shoot, we built we built this ourselves. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody believed in us, only us. And then you look, you turn around, you look at it, and all of a sudden we dominating, you know what I'm saying, in, in the state, you know, not just in Passaic County, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Not just between, you know, Eastside and Kennedy or mm-hmm. Passaic or anything. Like, mm-hmm. nah. Now we taking over the state at this yeah. point. And, we'll leave something and that, in the sky. We're gonna leave something in the sky, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, and to me, that was my best time. Like that was that was the most fun in, in basketball. I've won championships and stuff after that, mm-hmm. but like to build it the way we built it, like brick by brick mm-hmm. in high school, no, that's that was something different. That Word. was something different. And it it kind of set precedent like of how I always like approach joining new teams. Like I don't mm-hmm. really care. Like if they've won already mm-hmm. or if they haven't it doesn't matter because i know that you can really take something and build it the way you want mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you don't have to right. move into a readily built home right mm-hmm. you can buy a plot mm-hmm. and you can build the house how you want mm-hmm. right and then when you build it the way you want don't you like it better that way anyway way better <laughs> Word. Word. exactly yeah. so i'm not afraid to go into situations like that but Word. I got that just from, you know what I'm saying, playing at Eastside. It changed, Word. I'm telling you, it's, it molded the way I think about like approaching teams. Were And then so you you mentioned briefly, you know, you won championships later on in life. Um, so you won it at the high school level and now going all the way up to the professional level. Um, you go out to LA, LA, right? Or was it? Yep. It was LA, right? Yep. You yep. go out to LA, that's Candace Parker. Yep. Candace Parker um and you actually do it y'all actually win the uh, championship chippy take the chip what's here edgar patterson yeah we win this too nigga. <laughs> no doubt no doubt respect <laughs> what did what did that feel like like what did that feel like for you no it felt crazy right so if you if you do like a Google search or whatever, one of the pictures from that game to come up, it'll be me. It sounds crazy. So pause because the wave's about to come up. It's not crazy. Yeah. It was me. I felt it. I never heard the pre-pause. Sometimes you got a pre-pause. It's the pre-pause. <laughs> in the picture, like I'm on my knees. So this is where the pause came in. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the picture, I'm on my knees, but I fell to my knees because I couldn't believe that like we like 
this is the stuff that you dream of when you were a kid yeah right yeah Right. First, it was at first when I was a kid, I wanted to be one of the first girls to play on TV to put the ball between her legs. Crazy. It was like, that's so yeah. easy. Like, but I thought yeah. it was a big thing when I was a little yeah. kid. Now, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, I just want to play on TV. Then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I want to, you know, win in college. And then it's mm-hmm. like, no, I want to like win a, a championship like Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then like it happens yeah. in the way that it did happen, like last second, and it was an away game in front of all their fans and they had already established a winning culture and stuff uh, like that uh, uh. it was like you know what i'm saying it was like it was crazy like my legs just gave out like i'm at half court and i just fall I'm like, oh. I'm like, i had never felt like that before i was yeah. like it was just crazy like yeah. but Damn. it's like you can't even say like oh i just felt happy i don't yeah. know what word it is to describe it but it's like it just take over your body like it's almost like you're not there anymore. And I literally just fell to the ground. Like it was like every, all the hard work that you put into it finally paid off. Like all those days, nights in the gym, or even not even in the gym, because I feel like in Patterson, like growing up, we ain't really play inside the gym. Right. Unless you went to the Y. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you ain't play inside. Yeah. Everything right, you outside. outside. Yeah. Yeah. I, in the wintertime, I, I remember in the wintertime, I'd be outside playing basketball in the snow with mm. gloves on. Mm. Like, with a crate different. or the crate on the pole like it's different so then when you think about it it's like yo i really went through all of that just to get to this one little moment you know what i'm saying i didn't have the luxury of having basketball trainers when i was a kid mm-hmm. none of that i'm not saying it didn't exist but that's sure. just not how we were moving in patterson like right. you just learn right. how to play like you go outside i was at school 13 all the time playing basketball outside with with somebody that just came from the corner like mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. matter i was just yeah. wanted to play that's how mm-hmm. I, that's how i got my training in so to think that i went from that all the way to a national stage and then like to a game that's on not even just only espn but it's on abc you know when you go on abc them single digit channels you're like yeah i really, <laughs> made, it. Yeah, yeah. I really made it yeah everybody get them channels even if you don't yeah. got cable you get those channels. Yeah. everybody watching yeah and it's yeah. like yo like we really did it and like who else i'm like dang like patterson really here if i yeah. said anybody from patterson make some noise in this arena I'm gonna be the only person. Like, yeah, but we did you, did you have any thoughts of the national championship during that game? Like, I did that cross your was, mind at all? Or I was like, it's a lot of people in here. That's mm-hmm. what I remember because it was in Cleveland. I was like, dang, it's a lot of people in here. <laughs> the arena not this big back at Rutgers. It ain't this. It ain't this yeah. big. Yeah. Like, dang, like all these people trying to come that see energy. us play. That yeah, it's, crazy. it's a whole different energy. Like, and it's like it could be quiet in there, but the fact that it's that many bodies in one place, you yeah. can feel it. You just yeah. feel it. Like yeah. it could be silent. You you feel like like uh yeah. like you were saying, like you just feel the energy. So like in the national championship game, I just wanted to win, honestly. I'm just like, yo, what we gotta do to win, what we gotta mm-hmm. do to win, what we gotta do to win, what we gotta do to win. But in the um in the world championship game in the league. It's a little different because it's like I I remember that experience. Well, what can I change to and to make sure that I get a different outcome this time? And it's just like, yo, just make sure everybody stay on the same page. Everybody stay calm. You stay calm. You know what I'm saying? This moment you were meant for this moment. That's why I came back around. You know, you might not have gotten it the first time, but it came back around because this moment is for you. You know, you just gotta handle it the right way this time, and it did. 
and shit, I fell out. Yeah, fell out, <laughs> that, it was crazy. Yeah, you can't, that's you fire. can't rel- like you can't duplicate that feeling. Like right. it's like a one-time thing. Even yeah. if you win another championship, it yeah, doesn't. First one, same. yeah, that yeah. first one is the best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then, right? So, so now I know a lot of, and you can kind of educate me and us on this part. This part of it, I know a lot of WNBA players play overseas um, in the off season, uh, mainly because that's typically where you make your most money, right? Um, and so speak to that, right? Cause now I'm in a whole nother country. Probably don't, well, you don't speak the language. That's a, a that's all kind of barriers. You know what I'm saying? Like how, how did you navigate through that? Or what was it like? Cause I know how, but what was it like? All right. So the first time I went over there, I think I transitioned a lot easier than a lot of other people just because I, I, I think music actually helped, right? Because like, when I travel, I travel with equipment. Like, that's just, especially if I know I'm going to be somewhere for an extended period of time. If I'm going to be somewhere for more than like two, three weeks, I'm going to bring some equipment with me because that's just how it is. So my first year I went overseas, I brought equipment with me, brought keyboards, computers, speakers, all that. Like, now nah, I'm making some music. I'm going to kill some time. Mm-hmm. So the time where like, where people would want to go out you know what I'm saying, and, and explore the city, like, but would have a hard time because they didn't speak the language, they didn't know how to get around, right? I was in the crib, like, Chilling. making Cooking music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, so that helped me pass the time, right? That helped me pass the time. But of course, I still had situations where I had to figure out how to, how to live within the culture that isn't nowhere like mine. Uh-huh. whether it's the food you eat the language you speak um just just you know even the things you do like the things that other cultures do in their that their leisure time you know what i'm saying they though those aren't necessary things that you'll necessarily be like familiar with um and it could be tough but you know at the same time i did have an appreciation just for people in general and i understand that just because someone doesn't look like me doesn't necessarily mean that one they're bad uh-huh. right uh-huh. or you know uh so like I, I felt the need to at least learn, you know, I didn't want to be in these countries and, and, um, relish like the opportunity to, to learn about these other cultures, um, and treat them with respect. Cause at the end of the day, as a black person in America, that's what we want. We want, you know what I'm saying? We, we want to be treated with respect and people mm-hmm. to respect our culture. We don't move like y'all, you right. know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but respect the way we do move, respect mm-hmm. me as a whole as a whole human being as a whole person mm-hmm. you know um and so i always had that mindset when i went into these other countries um Do so speak- that helped me navigate a little bit but like the food portion i was just like mm, i gotta learn how to cook like, <laughs> i need to learn how to cook real quickly and i gotta learn how to use these seasonings because they don't have lowry they don't have seasoning salt they don't have nothing they ain't even have no, no adobo no adobo no. There's no Goya. There's no Goya. There's none of that. Like, you better get some. Uh, they got bouillons. <laughs> they be heavy on the bouillons, for sure. For sure. Once I found those overseas, because first of all, I had to figure out what it, what was the translation. So I was like, I didn't even right. know where to find them, first of all. But once mm. I found that, now we're cooking with grease. No, yeah, because at least that got some seasoning in it. Yeah. Everything else, yeah, nah. Like, it was, it was tough. And then people... 
I mean, some people really get homesick to the point where they mm. can't even perform like at the highest level because yeah. they miss home that much. Mm. They become depressed. It's a real thing, especially imagine like just being in a country where there are no black people yeah, at all. Where right? were you? Yeah. If you mind me asking, where were you? All right, so I played in one city. Um, I was in Hungary. I was in Hungary. Um, I know I'm saying I'm not saying there's no black people in Hungary at all, but however, in the city I was playing at the time, the only other uh, people of color there that I seen was me and my team was my was my teammate. Mm. So, teammate. Oh, yeah. First of all, the, the name <laughs> the name of the place name of the place. Once we hear that, we ain't going there. Hungry. Nah, <laughs> I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> they said, you could be hungry right here. Why you won't go over there to be hungry? <laughs> yeah, so I was in a small town called Gure, Um, And I remember when I first got there, like, you know what I'm saying? Anytime I walked outside, they'd just be staring at you. Like, yeah. literally staring. Like, they had never, never it, almost like they had never seen, you know, a black person before. Mm. And you know that that could be uncomfortable, you mm. know. But at the, I had to remind myself that oh, it's they're not familiar. I'm in hungry with black people. <laughs> you know yeah. Maybe they only seen a black person on TV. That's the only Probably. maybe. Yeah. May, you know what I'm saying? Maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, so like they would just be staring. And like I remember one time I was in another country. <laughs> I was there, and these it was a whole bunch of kids. Yo, there was a whole bunch of kids. They was they ran up to me. And it was like Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh. I'm like, bro. <laughs> you said which one, the black one or the white one? Which one they, they calling? That <laughs> Jackson Five. That's like, I'm crazy. So serious. That's like, crazy. You gotta realize some of these people have not come in contact with, with black people before. Yeah. So I mean, and it's an eye those, opener, right? Like I mean, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like. You might get different reactions. You might get a reaction like people are just intrigued, right? And I mean, they just want to look at you. You like exotic to them. And then there's other instances where they like, ill, no, don't touch me. Yeah, get away from yeah. me. Like, what are you doing here? You know. So you get both of those experiences. But as I think, as time has gone on, they've become more familiar, especially as more athletes come in and out of the country, you know, in and out of the city that you know they they become a little bit more familiar with, with black people so the experience is a little different um but those i don't want to sit here and say that those are the organizations that treat you like that it's not the organizations try to make you feel at home mm, it's, but it, it's more so just you the know, natives the the, yeah, the regular people there you know mm. it, it is what it is you know, yeah. those, that's what we signed up for and it can be tough you know um i mean i don't go over there anymore to play if i do it'll just be for some leisure time but Nah, yeah. I, I removed myself <laughs> from that pool <laughs> yeah. some years ago. You did it. Any, I mean, you did any it. of your teammates stay, or anybody like get so yeah. used to it they just like I seen, I seen I'm some here. People start some families over there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They start some families, and for some people, it work out better for them, mm. right? Some people because it, it, it gives them a different opportunity. Because who knows what their situation looks like here in the states, especially right. when you think as a like as a black person that doesn't necessarily. I'm saying your, your situation could be worse off. You don't mm, know. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. some some people do start families over there. And then you got to think if I'm over, if the person is over there, the player's over there for at least eight months or so, 
You know what I'm saying? That's the majority of the year you spend it over there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's well. home at that point. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. home. So yeah, you're gonna start your family over there versus starting in America where you only here for like three, yeah. four months. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm good. I'm I, I, yeah. I I'm cool over here. I could dig it. So look back back jumping back to the music, right? Because I know and I don't know the particulars, um, but I've just, you know, just kind of seen from afar. Um, I know you had had or have situations with Motown Records, Capitol Records. Um, so I know you you also have the executive, um, you know, title attached to your brand. Um, so speak a little bit about some of those opportunities, how you landed some of those opportunities and what it looks like for you today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, getting my start in the music industry, like on the corporate side of things, I mean, I didn't necessarily um, envision it and the way to, for it to happen. How it played it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, the, I mean, I got my start just by being an intern. Right. Yeah. I was a professional athlete, but I was like, yo, I might as well give it a shot. Like, yeah. why not? What, what is it all about? It does, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be humble. Get, let's, let's see what it's about. You know, um, I had sustained an injury that uh, kept me here in the States um after one of the WNBA seasons so I had to have surgery and then so I had to be you know here for physical therapy so I'm just like well if I have to be here anyway I might as well find something to kill my time or learn something so then that's when I was like oh let me try to do an internship and then you know looked at the different opportunities and then uh one with Capital Music Group you know popped up and it was for one of their distribution companies um for Caroline and Priority Distribution um, so I took it, you know, um, see what it's about. I got, I got my, my foot in the door and, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot to learn at a very, very fast pace. But um, I was appreciative of it because it showed you a whole different side of music. I'm so mm-hmm. used to, I, at that point, I was mm-hmm. so used to being a creative on the music side. Right? Yeah, you were the talent, up, you were on the talent yeah, side, yeah. Yeah, right, we learning music, we going music theory, we playing the different band competitions, all different types of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at music. Mm-hmm. But it gave me a whole different perspective and learn how to, like, to learn the business side of things. You know, learn how it's, how it's run, how, how, are, how are these people, able to remain so successful after so many years um and i thought it was a cool opportunity so i was intern for about like three months and then after that three months was up you know they they wanted to keep me around pretty much and interviewed got a full-time job there and i've been sticking it out since then and it's been some years now um what this is going on year five yeah so it's been so it's been some time um and i i appreciate it you know what i'm saying i appreciate the opportunity um, and it's allowed me to learn so much, right? It, it has given me so much knowledge. Um, and when you pair that with, with with being a creative, right? It gives you a whole different perspective because no, normally what you're gonna get is either you're gonna get the creative or you're gonna get the person on the on the business side, on the corporate side. You don't normally get both of those together. Um, and, but I think it's important for those people to exist, like the people that, can, that have an understanding of both sides because I think that it'll actually push music in the right direction you know anytime it's out of balance when it's too much of one side i'm sure you can feel it you can hear it in the mm-hmm. music right mm-hmm. you can hear it on the airwaves like okay this is a little too much of this side and mm-hmm. you know you know what i'm saying yeah. especially so, like, if you're paying attention and you're in tune like yeah. that you know what i'm saying because that does exactly. take a certain type of ear as well 
you know, mm-hmm. a certain type of keenness to be able to recognize those things. But yeah, I, 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 I yeah. understand. And and I think it's important, you know, saying for people to learn the business. You know, I I, I hate for creators to be shut out. You know, what I'm saying and and not have the knowledge, not be equipped with the knowledge that that they should have to make themselves successful. You know, what I'm saying because there's a lot of stuff that you know creatives just don't know and they don't even know to ask, right? But it's not like people just don't volunteer the information. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying you got to have some real solid people in there that's willing to volunteer the information to you. Yeah. You you feel me? And it's not telling any secret because it's not a secret because everything that you want to know you literally could just go look it up right mm, now right. but it's just that you don't know what you don't know yeah, and you don't know what to look up right yeah you don't know yeah, what to ask you, know what you don't saying? know what to look up yeah exactly so i'm like i feel like um i i really appreciated the opportunity that you know that i had in the beginning just because it gave me the opportunity to gain a lot of that knowledge and to be able to reach back and, and help someone else out you know what I'm saying? Helping someone out, out helping someone out doesn't necessarily be signing them to a deal. Right. Like, no, it's equipping you with the knowledge so you be able to what? Feed yourself, right? Teach a man. You either gonna give the man to fish or you're gonna teach him how to fish, whichever mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would rather teach the man how to fish so then that he can eat, he can feed his family and all that stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But some people just want just want the fish. I mm-hmm. I can't blame you. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think yeah. it needs to be more people that are willing to to teach, you know what I'm saying? to, to teach these people the business because they, a lot, it's, a, it's so much talent, but they they lack like the understanding of what's going on. And a lot of times they find themselves caught up in the middle of situations. And More times that, than not. Yeah, they get caught up in situations. It's just like, yeah, no, nah, man, man, they screwed me over, but they don't really know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? They just yeah. kind of going off of what somebody else is telling them instead of really learning what, how it should work. You know what I'm saying? And then moving from there. You know, I just want to make sure, you know what I'm saying? I always want people to be successful around me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm that person because when you put that out into the universe, then more success comes back to you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? What is me, you know what I'm saying, wishing y'all fail, what is that going to do for me? Right, right. Like, what, what is that going to do for me? I, like, right. nah, I, I, I always put out, you know what I'm saying, the good energy with good intentions and stuff like that because that's how that's how you multiply and, and have, it, have it really come back to you. So, you know what I'm saying? The opportunity, like like you said, at Motown, because then after I left the distribution company, I went over to Motown and it's been great because it's like almost like, I don't want to say full circle because I don't think my journey's done yet. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, starting out hearing music from my grandparents, mm-hmm. playing on the record players, Motown, you fast forward. Uh, I work at oh, Motown yeah. now and it's just like, okay, then I'm on the right track, right? I don't know what the next step is, but whatever, I do know that I am on the, on the right track, right? So again, I mean, I love it still growing um still learning a lot of things um but i've also acquired a lot of knowledge at this point and um and it feels good man everything feels good man whether it's the business side of things whether it's the music side of things you know what i'm saying the stuff that i've that i've done in basketball and will continue to do i mean i've I've been blessed yeah absolutely and i mean you you saying it feels good it's great to hear that it feels good because i'm gonna tell you right now it looks good it looked damn good. <laughs> <laughs> I, appreciate it. I appreciate it. I still, I mean, I'm still working on some stuff. You know what I'm saying? We're still sure. trying to take it to the next level. We understand that it's, uh, that it's baby steps, but at the same time, as long as we're still moving in that direction and that direction is forward, it's, it's good. We, Word. we good money. Word. Word. Um, I don't really have too much else other than um, really quick, just a kind of a rapid fire music question. Um, who 
is do you have a favorite artist or do you have a particular genre that you pull from versus the other because i understand that you're, you're a well-rounded you know music connoisseur and, and musician so do you have a favorite artist or favorite artist like name some of your your um your inspirations musically they're all over the place. Yeah. So you got Whitney Houston for sure. You got Quincy Jones. He's just his his mind musically is crazy. It's just crazy. Um. So those two for sure. You of course you got like a Missy, just like her her production prowess and her ability to like her songwriting and just creativity overall. Videos and all that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Hill for sure. Jersey in the building. Whitney's from Jersey too. Um, shoot, rappers. One of the hardest rappers from back in the day on the woman's side was definitely MC Light because her flow was crazy. Yeah, that day, right? Talk her to flow him. was her flow. Light her flow is a rock, crazy. baby. Light is a you rock. You already know. You already know. <laughs> um, I don't want to miss anybody, but MC Light, Jay, of course, love Jay, mm. love Biggie for sure. Those those two right there. Um, I appreciate. I I, I like Pop just for his energy and his uh like his passion behind it. But when you're talking about like, you know, skill and flow wise and being and cadence and being able to flow in and out of a beat out of a pocket, that to me that's 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 big for sure. That's 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 big for sure. Jay, of course, like I said, um shoot. We can go on. I I used to like nineties Mariah Carey. For sure. 90s man, yeah, it's a 90s only, huh? It's that once that eye color, once that eye color start changing, you like, I don't really rock with that one, right? What about that one? Once ODB passed on, I don't think I can No, yo, it's, it's so many people because like that that 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. like hip hop, bro, all had, had my heart on lock, man, crazy. Different. Had my heart you, on lock. So you talking girl language now. <laughs> <laughs> like that time period, okay, right there, it was crazy. Nah, like that time period, it was, yeah. was crazy. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of people I left out, but yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. just off the, off the top. Yeah, you cooking, like, don't yeah, even worry sure. about it. Yeah. You cooking. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but like it's it's a it's a I man, I have so much appreciation for a lot of great producers. Um man, I, I really do. Uh and and like female like MCs, you know what I'm saying? Like wow. they didn't get like a, a ton of love back in the day, but there were some ones that were that were hard and yeah, like they they were hard and they definitely shaped the way like how I write music or how I approach music. You know, like I remember, I've been saying I wanted to be Quincy Jones since I've been like a kid. Yeah. You know, he do it. He does. And he he has done everything. You talking about movie scores, soundtracks. Yeah, we can't even. He's by himself. TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. He did pop music. He did hip hop music. Yeah. I don't even think he liked hip hop music. He did hip hop (laughs) music. Like he's done everything you could think of. He had his own. His own um like big band like orchestra and everything like bro he's real a real maestro and I, yeah. I yeah. coming from the music side of things I really truly appreciate that because especially when you're looking at you know the landscape of music now it's he's a gem like you know what I'm yeah. saying he's definitely a gem you know what I mean so because a yeah. lot of people like him don't come around too often yeah. you know what I'm saying so. yeah definitely. Well, look, I mean, I started this out by, you know, saying and mentioning that you were a legend and, you know, 
I know that you're humble, but you absolutely are a legend. I mean, you got your own day in the city. You got murals. You got you got murals painted like that's fire like and that's inspiring for me and a lot of people like myself that come from the city and aspire to do bigger and better things like you know it's dope to see it when you know somebody who got it from the mud but who's continuing to do it and doing it the right way you know what i'm saying like you know you you're making a um a good name for yourself first and foremost you're representing yourself well but you're re you're also representing where you come from well so you know definitely want to give you your flowers and you know just salute you on that and much continued uh success for for the future i'm sure you're gonna you know keep doing what you've been doing on on a high level man i definitely no i definitely appreciate y'all i mean when you come from a place like paris i mean shoot to me it's like once you if you can you know, figure out how to, to move through all of that, navigate through all of that, you're gonna be successful in life. The only thing is you just gotta see that you you can create your own opportunity because nobody gives us opportunity there, mm -hmm. right? No, no one does. So as long as you have a hint of like the idea that, yo, I can create my own opportunity, I'm telling you, once you make it out those, like once you leave them city limits, I'm telling you, it's like that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, there's nobody really telling people that, like, it's just like you make it out and then it's crickets. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, I would love to do like a ton of, a ton more. That's why I'm still busting my ass trying mm -hmm. to, you know what I'm saying, get things, get, you know, become even bigger just so I can shed even more light on our city because there's mm -hmm. so much talent there. Yeah, there's so sure. much talent, right? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It don't have to be music. It don't have to be mm -hmm. basketball. Mm -hmm. But there's so much talent there. And I, and I think that, a lot of people there deserve a, a chance, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna always reach back and 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 try to pull the next one up, you know, if I can. As long as I got arms and I mm -hmm. got these 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 ten fingers, you feel mm -hmm. me? I'm I'm using them to grab a hold of somebody and try to pull them up with me. Word. But I appreciate right. you guys, man. For yo, seventeenth, seventeenth. You you already know. <laughs> uh, yo, I got I got a story, right? Check it. We going to go see a game at Prudential Center. You know, my homies from 17th Ave. They're like, yo, have we out? Da, 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 da. Yo, that's his cause about the threat. You know, I'm like, all right, y'all take it mad long trying to get, gallop the troops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we about to miss the game. So we get into the game. They're like, yo, hold on, yo, where we sitting at? He says, don't worry about it, man. Whole 17, anything that say 17 on it is us. Yeah. I was like, what? Like 17, 17th I'm like, all right, y'all taking this shit all the way to this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, fuck it, 17. Then. <laughs> no, right. That's why I wore the number 17. Yeah. That was, that's yeah, why yeah, I wore yeah. it. super fire, yeah. Yeah, I take, I, I take them everywhere I go. In my right. mind, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I don't care if anybody else understand that, but I know, they know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So. And, no, and, I, home, and I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot either, but I'm kind of putting you on the spot, right? That's, that's what everybody does when they say they don't want to yeah. do something. They, they put yeah, you on exactly. the spot. Go ahead and do it, man. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta find one of them jerseys, but the, the, I don't know if you can, cause I remember I hit you up and you said you didn't know, you know, how or where, but those, um, special edition joints, like the Breonna Taylor joints and like that whole movement. Oh do they yeah, still, do they still make them or like? Cause I want one. I don't, I, see, I don't. I don't really think so. Cause I think yeah. when they put the uh, when they put um, Brianna's name on our jerseys, that, that was just like yeah. for the bubble at that okay. time. Okay. You know, I, um, I don't think they that was in mass production. Cause I think you know that's a whole 
you know, like a whole yeah, it's a lot. Thing. Yeah, yeah. She got a tuck jersey. She got a tuck. That's a that's a I got a tuck combo right there. They ain't making for everybody. But yeah, I don't think no, they mass yeah, produced you know, though. You know what I'm saying? You go selling it, then that's a that money yeah. involved. So yeah, it's, it's I don't think they went into mass production with those. Yeah, that makes sense though. That makes sense. That makes sense. No, no, yeah. It would have been dope though. And maybe yeah. the proceeds could have went to the family. I don't know. But yeah. that would have been my little yeah. idea. Yeah, were. All right, well, uh fellas, y'all got anything else before we um before we my wrap last up? Joint. Um who you are watching today? Like who you know, you try not to misplay that really excites you. Mm. Dang. Or maybe a looking person coming up or just okay, anybody. There's a lot of, yo, it's a lot of young young girls coming up um, right now. You know, I'm always support the home team, so I'm always support Rutgers. Um, but at the same time, um, South Carolina always, be at, they, they, they be coming with it. So with Dawn Staley, and, mm-hmm. and her whole program, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I like I like those I like those shorties right there. <laughs> um, I like the way they play. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I like what what Dawn's doing with them as a, as a coach. You, you feel me? Uh, and their presence when they get to the league, I like how how they come into the league. It reminds me of how, you know, Coach Stringer used to send her players to the to the league. Um, so I, I like watching them. Um, Baylor, uh, Baylor got a kid that's that's solid too. Um, the post player, she's solid, but I, I think I like watching South Carolina the most. Carolina. I think so. They exciting, they they exciting, and then of course you know I got to go with the black coach. That's just yeah. how I go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I go around here. Yeah, gotcha. for sure, for sure. Um, well, again, you know, we definitely, uh, appreciate you for, uh, stopping by showing us love. Actually, you are officially our first guest. So, you know, thank you for, oh, bad. Word. thank you. Word. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm a they guest every week. You. I'm, I'm, pick, I'm a guest every week. <laughs> what am I? I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro, man, from the third floor, what the fifth floor? <laughs> <laughs> Word. Um, so definitely, um, you know, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming. Um, you know, we always sign out by, you know, reminding everybody out there to tell a friend to tell a friend. And of course, remember until next time. Anything Rico. Made it out the hood. Now that's legend. Ah. Real shit. I'm a legend now. They try to tell me I'ma be a legend soon though. But I'm a legend now. Rico music, Rico music, Rico music, Rico music.